0: This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now it's him,
1: Dennis Miller. Hey, folks. Welcome to the Dennis Miller Show. Uh, Lindsay, how are you? Is Christian here? Is he Chuck E. Cheese?
2: Christian's here. I'm
1: doing good. Christian, you can't talk to him about anything adult. And I called him last night to talk about them extending the coronavirus thing out for another three months. And all he wanted to talk about was, do you understand the pebbling on the bottom of the Chuck E. Cheese pan? (laughs) Christ, Christian, can we ever get you out of the conversation diaper and come uptown? (laughs) Listen,
2: the Chuck E. Cheese band who plays there, they're out of work. All right? got nobody to perform for, so I'm going to start a Kickstarter for them that I'll promote
1: in our next show. I remember the night 11 people got killed in Cincinnati at Riverfront waiting to get in to see the Chuck E. Cheese band. And, uh... Who are you? <laughs> who, who are you? I am a Jedi skee-ball master. <laughs> Let me see, I jotted down some deeply held core beliefs here, but I've misplaced the post-it and uh, I'm not quite sure. Do you think that's a streaming problem with Joe Biden when he does these things, or is that just actual real-time footage of how in and out the guy is? I mean, he's like uh, an insipid hologram or something, A, a hologram. All right. Just writing a few jokes here as we go on. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for checking out the pod gang. (laughs) You know, they send me from Dennis Miller plus one uh, to put social messages up to try to get social media questions for the people we have on. Sure. And they always put uh, any cues for my guest. And they put the letter Q and I always get, I get like borderline high in the same way I do. If somebody uses the word panty in public out loud in front of me, Hey, any cues, give us some cues. I'll try and get A's from the guest. Oh, Remember I wanted to do a show for a while, Christian called A and Q where I was the guest every week and we brought somebody in. <laughs> to question me i still think that's a great idea (laughs) a and q let me write that down maybe i'm pitched that i'm hot in hollywood right now they're listening to anything i bring up but the same guest me different host i love it i like it i'm very excited Today, Wednesday, we're pretending it's, I don't know, Christian has these scheduled. When, when is this one, Christian? It's like I, I, I've got scheduling by the guy who found Haley Bop in the night sky. This is, this is coming through in the year 6941. Tomorrow. Thursday. And, uh, tomorrow. Stardate
2: 6941, thank you. Oh.
1: Was I funny on Hannity last night? Ooh. Tonight, I mean, but last night. Yeah, but the answer is still yes. I'm going to come out of the box with this one, Christian. Oh, hey, Sean. Excited tonight. Big night at the Miller household. It's a bat loaf night. (laughs) And uh, I actually, here's a little secret. I I always make my bat loaf the day before and then store it overnight upside down (laughs) in my refrigerator. And then I always find the bat loafs better on day two. uh, I was tinkering with bat Diane for a while, right? Hey, anybody see my meat mouth? I'm trying to make some bat Diane. But then uh, that seemed inaccessible. You know, you can use the internet to put jokes up and then invariably there'll be people who, (laughs) can you speak English? Yeah. Steak (laughs) Diane. You know, you've got these people who haven't (laughs) been out except to the batting cage for the last 40 fucking years. Asking you to dial the references in. Okay, Bat Diane. Is that the, what do you talk about with Bat Diane? You mean <laughs> Diane Sawyer? No. Steak Diane made with bat, it's a joke. So I've gone over to Bat Loaf. Personally, I
2: prefer Bat Loaf. I think that, uh, that makes me laugh on the inside.
1: Yeah, I know, but if you're at home and you see Bat Diane and you don't understand it immediately, you have to type it either way. To either bitch at me for a reference that might not be in your in, in your wheelhouse, let's say, and that is a tight zone on some of these people. It's like Eddie Goodell's strike zone, the midge that Vic brought up to the show. Or, or you can type, just put the, the, the phrase in and see what it says, right? You have to type anyway. Wouldn't you just access it as opposed to, listen, we live in the air. The coin of the realm is aggrieved, right? (coughs) Sorry, I got a little cough today. I wonder if it's the Rona. Probably. Listen, Christ, you can get the Rona. You know, people say, you tell Rona jokes, you risk that. Yeah, you can die from Rona. I could get Rona and die. I get it. That doesn't mean I can walk around and think I won't get it if I never concede in my head that it exists. Life's a contact sport. Wear a cup, for God's sakes. We're shutting L.A. down for another three months. I just went through a three-year period where you could live on a uh, uh, slip-and-slide of your own shit outside a refrigerator box under an underpass in L.A., and nobody would roust you. But now, if you're out taking a walk at the beach, you've got uh, Elliot Ness paragliding in the fucking Take you away. It's crazy. For the first time, seriously, I've thought it jokingly and then I thought it whimsically and then I nibbled at the fringes, of. but they're using this in certain places. Christian, you've got kids in L.A. Do you find it odd that they wouldn't go week by week or uh, (laughs) at most month by month? Do you feel anything's helped by saying, at least August 1st now? What has helped by that? It's it's not like you're planning your non-vacation. Right. Why break people's spirits by saying, listen, and no matter what happens, you're in for the next, let's see, 31 days in this month. So that's 19 more. June's got 30. That's 49 more. July's got 31, that's 50, 80 days. Minimally, you're in for the next 80 days. Do they need to do that? Is that is that the smart thing to do as far as morale goes? I think not. Yeah,
2: I mean, I just wish that uh, when they originally told us two weeks, if they had just said five months then, I would have known. Five months. I don't like the incrementally adding on to it. You know, it's just like, all right, you know, just uh, just tell me what it is.
1: And uh... But I'm saying, Christian, a fortnight... Two weeks, adding two weeks here, adding two weeks, would that not be preferable to, you wouldn't have liked it up five months. I can see that. I wouldn't have liked it. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think they're faking this now. And I don't mean faking the illness. I mean faking the reaction to it. Uh, I looked at the L.A. County deaths last night. Have you looked at it over the first three months? They've just added another three months. But are they trying to get the next three months under 1,600 deaths in L.A. County? Is that, is that the figure I saw? Do I have that wrong?
2: No, I don't, I don't think you have the figure wrong. I mean, if, if you're to believe what they're saying, the, the difference with L.A. County and the Bay Area is that the numbers aren't going down. And in a lot of these other counties, they are going down. So those are like some of the northern counties where it's like, yeah, yeah go to a restaurant and sit down and eat. It's fine
1: because it's under control. How much under 1,600 in three months in a county the size of L.A. County can you get? Wouldn't you be intrigued to see what what people have died from to the tune of uh, 533 a month over the last three months in L.A.? Don't you think that would be a reasonably long list?
2: Yeah, I mean, considering it's L.A., I'd probably put autoerotic asphyxiation at the top of it.
1: But Of course, uh, yeah. that's always number one, as the great David Feldman said. Or no, who was it? Oh, I, I've got to get the joke right. I think it was Feldo. If not, somewhere in my head, Bob Nickman, who invented uh, Freaks and Geeks. I apologize to whoever I get wrong on this, but I have to attribute it. So let me put both those guys out there because I don't have it quite. This is my Alzheimer's. I don't remember who wrote jokes of the century, but he said, I bought my dog a choker collar. Uh, He doesn't even bark. I just wanted to heighten his orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a great joke. Oh, what a great joke. And that's pre Hutchins. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, uh, you know, that wasn't as big. And then the guy who was such a jagoff. Didn't he croak from it? Um, Carradine. Oh, kung fu. Nastiest guest we ever had. David Carradine. Yeah. Oh, that is the worst human I ever crossed paths with. I'm sure he thinks the same of me, but well, maybe not well, now. He doesn't
2: think much now. <laughs> no, no, not in right
1: now. Uh, well, he, he's all hung up on something else. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everybody's been on the road and, you know, clicked on spanked revision somewhere along the way. But did you ever get to a Sylvia Crystal Emanuel film? Now, there is an old reference and thought, hmm, I've got to angle the TV, get in the closet, get a belt and uh, self-pleasure while hanging from the I can't, you know, they have those mini hangers where the the hanger base is there in perpetuity and you have to slide the little... What? Yeah, it's like you have to get the uh, little silver balls into the dog's eyes to get your clothes hung up. It's hard enough to do that. How do you think... uh, Well, it's not enough for me to lay here and uh, watch this film. I've got to go in the closet, see if I can get an angle, hang myself in there with a belt and do it and then try to disengage the belt. Long way to go. Long way to go. But it's so worth it. So I'm told. Uh, well, that's why I love Larry King, suspender guy. I know he wasn't in there. He might have been doing some <laughs> um, pretending he was jerking off when he was parachuting in to Arnheim Bridge, but certainly you didn't have to do the belt around your neck. To, uh, you want to heighten your orgasm. Yeah, orgasms are a drag. You got to find a way to, you know, kick the, the mini millennium falcon up to <laughs> Hyperspace, <laughs> Christ! Oh, that <laughs> orgasm was so bad. Is there any anybody know how to make these things feel good? What's that clothing around my neck? All right, yeah, I get a try. I get a try. All right, so we started off in a collegial, urbane. Yeah, bring the kids mm-hmm. around. So I had the uh I'm having bat loaf tonight, as I said. <sighs> And, uh, I've got a nice bottle of, uh, 2016 Bitches Be Crazy wine. (laughs) Yes, my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. I got it from the TCM Wine Club because I was going to watch Fatal Attraction one night and they recommended this Bitches Be Crazy. (laughs) I watched 2001 the other night and, uh, they sent me, the TCM Wine Club sent me out a bottle of Mezcal and, uh. (laughs) I ate the worm. Of course. And then I remembered that that was episode eight of the Jordan thing. Uh, I think Madonna went to the all-star game, and that was, they christened that episode Madonna Eats the Worm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard knock life. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. One of my favorite stories, Annie. Carol gets her jaw done. Carol Burnett in the movie. They announce reshoots, and she has to go back. John Huston's directing it, trying to make a check. I'm sure to buy some in Indian art or something. He was all big into collecting, and then she says, "John, it's a tight close-up of her coming out of a closet." and... She said, "I'm sorry to tell you, but I don't know. For continuity purposes, I've had my jaw completely redone in the interim five months, and uh, it now is not recessed but sticks out." And John Houston looks at her. He's like harried. He's got a bunch on his plate. And he said, like, uh, "I don't know, Carol. Come out and act determined." <laughs> 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 it's the great, it's the greatest director note ever. <laughs> act determined. Oh, when she told me, and I'm I'm not speaking out of school here, but Carol, she tells that story. I almost, I just about died. These are people who have died, died. Remember the Jimmy Carroll song? Of course I do. Uh, Eddie got Corona on the A train. These are people (laughs) who have died, died. They were all my friends and they died. The Great Jim Carroll did that turn up in Basketball Diaries with Leo, embryonic Leo DiCaprio.
2: Yeah, I don't think uh, he voiced that song. I think they used the actual Jim Carroll version.
1: Yeah. No, come on. But I remember he did sing it in What's Eating Gilbert Grape, he. Yeah,
2: that was the confusing thing.
1: And again in Titanic. Wild away the hours atop the water towers. <laughs> Um, so today we're going to interview Anthony Kumia, who I just met for the first time. He was part of the Opie and Anthony team. I was not familiar with their uh, view, Christian. Was, uh, I, was Opie funny?
2: No. Uh, Anthony was funny. Opie was a, a decent straight man. And they also had Jim Norton sort of in the third seat. So.
1: Well, Jim's funny. Yeah. So Opie was just clipping coupons, right? Doing he's he was the uh Deborah Messing of the show. <laughs> you know, I didn't think of it that way. But oh, yes. Please. But he's the I Deborah always, Messing of the show. <laughs> I shoot everything through the Deborah. I think who's Debbie Messing here? Wait. Because you got Sean and uh, the guy's not funny either, but I I can't even remember his name. But uh I always look and think uh all right, who's the Deborah Messing in this equation? She's an opinionated gal, huh? Oh, she is. I don't think she handled the uh, Hillary loss as well as she could have. <laughs> no.
2: Wait a minute. Who's the uh, Deborah Messing of our <laughs> it's, show?
1: More, it's so funny about Hollywood is you have so many uh, women who have hired full time chefs, and Trump has somehow gotten into their kitchen nonetheless. That's a pretty amazing, uh, <laughs> pretty amazing what he's done. But he's just broken some people. And I must admit, that makes me laugh. I I thought uh, Obama was a horribly inept president, and I don't know him. I was in a party one night. He was there, and I stayed on the other side of the room because I didn't want to have an awkward thing because everybody there act like uh, Jesus had rode into, where did Jesus ride into the day where they were whipping him with a palm frond? Galilee or something? Is that a city or a sea? Yeah. Oh, what am I asking you? You're a Jewish boy from upstate New York.
2: My notes say Key West.
1: <laughs> Do you think it's funnier that you're a Jewish kid named Christian, or, or if you were a Christian guy and your name was Jew?
2: Well, when I uh, when I was an intern at SNL, uh Norm McDonald exclusively called me Jew. Went, as soon as he found out my name was Christian, he thought it was funny. So he's just like, hey Jew. <laughs> oh I
1: gotta call norm today and see what's up i haven't talked to him in a while so i'll start the sequence today where i call him and he calls me <laughs> in the year twenty one fifty eight what is today oh that would have happened already twenty wait a second two thousand twenty one fifty eight I'm a little lost now, Christian. I've got myself into a figure out pie to the eighth power thing. Is the year 2158 still to happen?
2: Yes, because this is just 2020. It would
1: be 138 years from now, right? Correct, yes. Okay. All right, so the joke works. For some reason, I thought, no, no, we've gone past 2158 already. We're in 2020. And that, that'll tell you how rotted my brain has gotten during this <laughs> quarantine thing. <laughs> Don't you feel sluggish Christian in the head? I'm trying to get 10,000 steps a day, but, uh, I, you know, sometimes I walk so slowly. I feel like I'm, I'm standing sedentary and the world's moving backwards under my feet. Um, do you think Michael Jackson invented the moonwalk backing away from Joe's wrath? <laughs> These are the questions I'm thinking in quarantine um anthony kumia coming on soon we're just filling time got any voicemails any things you want to ask me chris i know i asked you a lot of questions you but uh, today i'm playing the greek god retorsis and all my questions are rhetorical I rule omnipotent over the field of knowledge. Occasionally I query you to buy myself time to self-aggrandize and be uber-avuncular. But at no time (laughs) do I actually want your opinion.
2: Well, I understand that we have a a great voicemail, voicemail number 11, Chad from Canyon
1: Lake. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Isn't that where Mark Wahlberg bought blow? Wasn't that... uh, in Boogie Nights, didn't he buy blow with his partner at uh, Chad and, what is it called?
2: Canyon Lake.
1: Canyon Lake. Is there anything funnier than that scene? I think that's B.D. Wong setting off firecrackers in his undies. Yes. And the great uh, British actor, Alfred Molina, and they've got Jesse's girl on. <laughs> And then P.T. Anderson does that amazing, you know, patient Sharif approaching the well, uh, you know, paced uh, zoom in to uh, Mark Wahlberg's face. And I don't know what note he gives him at that point. And indeed, Mark Wahlberg has gone on to do great work. But if he was nuanced enough to get that look of uh, it's all falling apart in front of my unblinking eyes. Uh, I don't know who that was. If that's Wahlberg's instinct, well, then he was an actor from the jump. Uh, if that's P.T. Anderson's thing, well, then I'll forgive him the rainstorm of frogs. Anyway, let's hear, uh,
2: Chad from Canyon
1: Lake. Dennis, love the show. Fantastic interview. Oh, it was like candy hearing, uh, hearing stories about our baseball stars growing up and names we recognize. Just awesome, awesome programming. Great interview. It's so fascinating. It's like having a breakfast at Big Bob or something. Serious question for you Was there a time after the SNL days when you were at the height of the height, when you had to kind of just step down? Not to insult the career arc, but you know, was there anything in your life that made it kind of hard to be in the weekly limelight? Anyways, just an attempt at a serious question for you. Hope you have a terrific Tuesday. It's a 90 Tuesday. Double shots from your wall, man. taking you into the noon hour. All right. <laughs> I didn't hear the latter half of it because I was I was waxing philosophic on uh, somebody um, giving a big thumbs up to your work by saying it reminded them of a fast fooded Bob boy or
2: something. Bob's <laughs> big boy. Hey, that's delicious. Saying, wow.
1: <laughs> boy, the kudos are <laughs> Up in the jet stream today, <laughs> that, Dennis. That was so pure, it reminded me of that <laughs> buck 99 burger I get with the old people at four o'clock. Well, thank you.
2: That interview is just like a Big Mac. Oh, <laughs> hey, maybe in a few years you'll be steak and shake quality, big man. Halfway through that,
1: I remember thinking, This is as good as not dying. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, brother. I'm <laughs> I, I'm either blushing or incensed. I can't read the redness, the cardinal nature of my skin, but uh, thank you, I think. In the back half of it, I don't know. What did he say?
2: Was there ever a point where it just got to be too much and you needed to take a step back from
1: showbiz? What too much?: Christ I'm 66, I've never achieved the modicum of fame. I'm half famous. I had the perfect level of fame. I had the perfect level of fame. Half the people who followed me hated my guts from day one. I remember doing a Playboy interview years ago, and the guy said, it's interesting, I've researched you, and he said, all the people who hate you try to sound like you in their hatred. (laughs) And I thought, well, there's there's my mean line fame. I've always either bugged people or they've kind of appreciated the rudimentary monkey trick. You've never heard me say that I thought it was much of a trick, but the uh, references and all that stuff. Um, so no, I, I've never been in over my head fame wise cause I was never that famous. I guess for Monday night football, I was famous for a while, but you had to remember I had heavy incoming there. I mean, you know, every week I'd have morons like Rudy Marsky. I remember uh, one week I said uh, Jeff George, who if anybody got near his feet, he had a great arm, sort of like Jay Cutler, but if anybody got near his feet, he got all twitchy, and he threw an intercept and, and uh, Al said I mean, Jeff George uh, continues the Jeff George narrative Dennis, and I said, You know how though he throws a beautiful interception and uh, <laughs> you know, pretty good line and the next day it was like uh." Stupidest line of the week. You know, they'd give out these dubious awards. I thought, I'm just fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Because that was a pretty sweet little shot. I remember I did a joke. There was was a guy in Dallas named Ed Bark. At the time, I think he was a Jimmy Olsen TV reporter. And uh, he's like Uncle Barky or something. I still see his... Uncle Barky gives it a rheumatoid arthritis thumbs up, you know, but uh, it was my first HBO show and somebody important had died in the afternoon and I can't quite remember who it was, Uh, but somebody big and we were live and um, I always would have a one line cold open before they played the credits of me shooting pool or something. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, we've got to prove that we're live here. So we have to say something. But the show is all figured out. And uh, so I just put the – I thought it was a pretty deft little lay-in right at the last minute because it didn't happen that far out from airtime. When well, they came up on me and I, I thought I took a, took a charging call here because I knew it wasn't going to work. But it was an inside thing where I said, poor Vaughn Meter. <laughs> which is what uh when jack kennedy got shot lenny went on stage that night at the village gate i believe and said uh you know everybody's thinking what's lenny gonna say about jack kennedy getting shot and He said, oh poor von Meener, who was the guy who did the impression his entire career was predicated <laughs> so when the guy died the afternoon of my first show i just opened up with poor von meter and the guy ripped me naturally the reviewer didn't like me and uh, said uh you think on a live show he would comment on, boom. I think I think it might have been
2: Nixon. I feel like you've...
1: Oh, yeah, it was Nixon. That's right. The
2: way you've told this story before, I think it was Nixon.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right, Christian. Sorry, I forgot that aspect. Of, that's all right. It, it even works better then because it's a president, you know? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor so, Von Meter. Poor Von Meter's a nice little lay-in. Yeah. And then I get the state of the thing that we've prepped for. And you know his whole thing was a live show that would not comment on Richard Nixon. And I just remember thinking, geez, you come down to a fork in the road, and you think, do I try the von Meter joke, or do I become a TV critic?" And uh, <laughs> so, for years after that, he would show up at TV conferences. You know, naturally, he would ask you questions. He's Ahmed Bark, and no matter how big the crowd, I would always say, "Hey, let me tell you the story." <laughs> and, oh, he and he came up to me and said, "You're never going to forget that, are you, thin-skinned motherfucker?" I said, uh, "No." never i, I said never. you shouldn't come to these things because if i ever know you're in the room i'm gonna tell everybody and you're gonna look like you missed a hip joke i said i don't <laughs> I, I don't want to fight with you you want to have lunch let's go have lunch but i yeah. should tell you every time you're in a room where i'm at with tv critics i'm gonna point out that you missed a nice uh fade pitch inside and <laughs> i don't i wonder if uncle barky's out there I should try to get uncle barky on the show Tell him he can come on, and uh, all we'll do is we'll get that out of the way, and then talk TV stuff. What's he been watching? What's he like? What's he been streaming? What's he been binging?
2: Oh, I'll, I'll look for him. I wanted to let you know that our guest Anthony Kumi is
1: now with us. Anthony Cumia, is is it bad form to binge watch a show about addiction? My friend,
0: wow, that's a kind of a, a what is what, what is that called? A um, conundrum? <laughs> an opening
1: for <laughs> a.
0: <eight. an> open- <laughs>
1: A scruples question. That's what that is, my friend.
0: It's all we have to do now.
1: I know, Coombs. It's getting weird. It's getting weird. But I was so weirded out that they've extended this three months already in LA. Your thoughts?
0: Oh, when I saw that, I knew it was going to happen. But they've been, you know, doing the slow boiling frog bit with uh, with us. <laughs> I think at at the beginning we thought 15 days. They said 15 days of. Uh, social distancing and masks and everything. You're like, all right, I think we could do that. And then 30 days, Mm -hmm. 45 days. And it's getting to the point where it's not the same as it was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves an adventure. Everyone loves... We all watch action movies and see the asteroid hit the planet, and we all think we're going to be the last ones left during the zombie invasion and everything. And, and, And I think we're excited when something happens, even if it is terrible and it's taking lives and whatnot. But then... This is the most mundane disaster that's ever happened. Yeah. It's a boring disaster. Right. When you watch a movie or anything, it's exciting. You have to survive every day. There's something coming out at you. But this one's just sit home, watch more television, eat more, drink more. <laughs> and it's just it's not as thrilling as everyone thought it would be.
1: I know I'm starting to feel like Estelle Parsons and Bonnie and Clyde were <laughs> Buck marries me in my first bank robbery. I'm like, oh, I'm a librarian, and I'm fighting with the cool kids, and there's some train wreck music behind me. But uh, now it's literally we're laying in a bad bed and breakfast out in the Ozarks. I think, can we go into town and get a fucking burger? No, we'll get shot. (laughs) At least
0: give me the excitement of shooting me in the eye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That scene, that's as grim as it gets. man. When when he gets shot and they're in the backseat... Oh, what a, what, a, what a movie.
0: I, I got to tell you, when that movie first came out, my dad and mom took me and my brother to see it in the drive-in. And I had to be seven years old, I guess, maybe.
1: Yeah, young to see that.
0: We loaded up on Arby's uh, and went to the drive-in movie. And I'm a kid. And, and the movie itself, I mean, Bonnie and Clyde were awesome. They, they were fun and funny. And they became like my friends during the movie. And then you get that amazing ending of them just being machine gunned, more, more shots in them than, than Sonny Corleone at the toll booth. And, and I just started vomiting my Arby's all over the car. You don't take a seven-year-old to this Sam Peckinpah uh, <laughs> uh, murder fest, <laughs> I was I was shocked. <laughs> I still remember it very vividly.
1: Me too. Honest to God, I Anthony, I had the same reaction. I remember thinking all along, oh, do 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 What is that Rocky Mountain, Tr- Smoky Mountain breakdown music?
0: Yeah, when well, they're going in their big block Ford and uh, shooting at law enforcement, it was. Uh, yeah, I liked them. I mean, you know. Yeah. They were charming.
1: <laughs> it's funny. Um, I just have to tell you, because I can tell you're a movie buff, and I just finished a great book by a cat named Sam Wasson you should read about the making of Chinatown. a shot through the prism oh, wow. of Bob Evans and uh, Roman Polanski and Jack Nicholson and Bob Town, the author. It's a, it's like an alternating chapter book. Wow. It's really great, but there's a scene in there where Bob Town and Nicholson live together as youths when they're still doing... Little Shop of Horrors, and it's like, you know, Nicholson's starting to break a little in Roger Corman films, but it's not quite happening yet. And Nicholson preens around the apartment all the time in front of town and, like, turns himself into silhouette in the mirror and goes, don't I have a great nose? Don't I have a great (laughs) nose? Just roommate stuff. Years later, he writes the scene (laughs) in Chinatown where Nicholson's nose is cut open by Polanski for the (laughs) (laughs) He's wearing a bandage on his nose. (laughs) Just to get back. (laughs) That's hilarious. And he said he felt that the discomfort would make him agile in the scenes. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, because he goes through a lot of the movie with a bandage (laughs) on his... <laughs> on his busted nose.
1: <laughs> I always thought that perversity might have come in from Polanski, but it came from Town. So absolutely beautiful. We're talking to Anthony Kumia, His show, the Anthony Kumia Show, with Dave Landau. And I met this cat Landau. I did Anthony's show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, great. and he's strong in the sidecar, man. He's batmite to Anthony's flamebird and nighthawk. Uh, <laughs> Monday through Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. at Compound Media. Dot com thousandth episode recently tell me about compound Amazing. media and tell me about the thousand is that breakdown between you and uh eb mm. from green acres or what was the kid's <laughs> name that you were working <laughs> poor guy just
0: he just died recently Ebb from green acres <laughs> like of old age i remember when i was a kid yeah watching that and seeing him and he was uh it isn't it great i i thought mr douglas was like the reasonable guy when i was a kid watching green acres and you watch it now and realize oh no the whole town is fucking nuts <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. it's like that uh, that alan bates or there's some movie where the nuts break out of a oh, i shouldn't say nut any yeah the nuts break out of an, <laughs> an asylum have you ever seen that movie no, I don't think so. It's an English movie. I think Alan Bates is, it. it's about an asylum that's bombed open during the war and the entire city is oh. taken over by the denizens of the asylum and <laughs> you don't quite realize it right at first but then ah, it begins ah. to unfold, like you said, the whole city's weird.
0: Yeah, you don't realize as a kid. Uh, yeah, I, I started Compound Media years ago when I got uh, fired from Sirius XM Satellite Radio and uh, I had a studio in my basement. And a buddy of mine just said, "Fire it up and uh, see what happens." I was doing shows from my basement even when I was working at Sirius because uh, I, I just kind of like the medium, mm-hmm. the video podcast, whatever it's called. <laughs> There's really no name for it, but uh, so I, I, I uh, enjoyed doing it. So then, um, when I had to do something, I came down here and did it. And we've just did our, our thousandth show. Um, it's you know, no holes barred, uh, anything goes. We fancy ourselves the free speech network because, um, we're not emboldened or uh, emboldened. We are emboldened. We're not entitled mm-hmm. uh, to anybody. We don't, we, we, don't have to, uh, follow the rules. There's no FCC.
1: Yeah. You don't have to answer to people.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, it's great that so we could talk about anything.
1: Let me ask you this, Anthony. I, I find that Current times so fraught. I think eggshells are the new linoleum, quite frankly, Mm. in that at any given moment, you're a snaps, a half thought, a a whimsy away from anybody, from being over. I was watching a hockey player last week who was participating in some group chat. Anthony knows the story, I can tell already, for the uninitiated in the audience. He's doing really, (laughs) really tough guy talk with friends. Brutal appraisals of women. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I'm not sanctioning it, but I'm just saying, I guess this is. Uh, he's uh, young. Uh, guys who uh, women at their disposal. He was being completely boorish about it. He got caught. He's over now. I think he's probably over as much as a guy who comes from a hockey player who violates the code and sucker punches somebody from behind is over. (laughs) And I thought, boy, it can go quickly. You kind of had it happen. And I'm trying to. uh, I don't know all the details of it, but uh, were you devastated or were you resilient? What happens when uh, it shows up at the door?
0: Yeah, I, I, the thing is, the show that Opie and myself were doing for many years, the Opie and Anthony show, was pretty irreverent. We were constantly getting in trouble, constantly having to top ourselves. It was that shock jock thing. Mm-hmm. So it was, I think at some point it became expected. I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, this is not going to end well. We had been fired previously for things like saying Mayor Menino up in Boston had died uh, in a car crash. and that we, we had the, the old sex at St. Pat's Cathedral thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there were plenty of reasons we got fired. So uh, I, I was kind of used to it, but it's still devastating, especially when in this day and age, you're, you're such damaged goods that you can't just go to another radio station. That's what we did previously when we were fired. You know, you, you, when you screwed up in radio back in the day, you screwed up, you, went, you got a better gig. Mm-hmm. That's how it worked. Uh, nowadays, like you said, you're just canceled, you're gone you're done imagine if if Wayne Gretzky had said something uh, that that got that kind of thing or or that, this whole attitude was around the time where Gretzky was getting into hockey and we never got to see uh, the great one play because he said something uh, on social media or, or or whatever it may have been uh, that's that would be tragic uh, this was a closed conversation that this guy was having albeit you know repugnant but uh a closed conversation i mean the whole idea of being watched being listened to being surveilled uh when when you thought of it years ago was this floating government orb that was going to take pictures and video of you and turn you in and it turns out it's just all of us we ended up being big Brother. Uh, the, the masses, the people—you mm-hmm. pull out a phone and record people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the government, or it is actually, because the government is supposed to be the people. So, uh, it, it's amazing how that all worked out, where, where science fiction had it being yeah, some type the, of government where the entity
1: hearings. Where, yeah, we're the U.S. Yeah. Awesome on American activities thing. Uh, we have turned into it.
0: Everyone's turning everyone in. <laughs> And mostly yeah.
1: and mostly to be honest liberals I- I'll be honest with yeah. you I- they Absolutely. really keep a watch and uh, yeah, they're out. now of course Wayne Gretzky was so good that quite frankly he could have had a tattoo of Jimmy Page in the Portland hotel room with a pike <laughs> on his right arm and he was still continued <laughs> to play. But but the fact is that there are uh, Brian Adams. That's an interesting case. I'll be intrigued to see what happened, uh, because what he said, he was pissed he was supposed to be in Royal Albert Hall. Once again, Anthony stays up in the news. But for the listeners, (laughs) he said something about I would have been in Albert Hall tonight in a residency if some uh, bad eating. Uh, money hoarding, and, you know, he's got a backstory on this, too, because he's vegan, Uh, wet marketing jagoff hadn't screwed up my day. And um,
2: the quote is, uh, uh, thanks to some fucking bat-eating wet market animal selling virus-making greedy bastards, the whole world is now on hold. So that was what he tweeted before he deleted it.
1: Yeah. Well, Christian, it's got so retributive out there that I can't even tell you by you putting quote signs around it, you're vile chafed. (laughs) <laughs> that's how things are now that you is. can repeat quotes and get whacked at so yes. uh no that's how i really feel so it's okay oh
0: my god
1: but uh, i'll be intrigued to see what happens there Jeez. what's your guess on brian adams uh, cut out like a knife here or come back
0: i think he'll skate because uh he is in with you know the cool kids he's uh He's quite a liberal guy. I mean, he was participating in oh, in some. Uh, he wasn't playing certain venues in states that were against gay marriage and things like that, which, you know, obviously
1: uh, I didn't know that
0: I could give a crap who who gets married or
1: not. How'd he get this pissed? He must've had a part of the door. That's what that tells me right (laughs) there. When you, (laughs) when, when you tell me that I'm thinking, Oh, he didn't have a flat rate. He had part of the door. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) This is strictly business. And Brian's taking it very personal. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is. It's the money. He got mad, you know, and, and 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 spouted off. But even from reading his tweet, I saw he probably censored himself. Like, let's not actually bring in or say China or Chinese or any people. He just said, you know, bad eating, wet market. He probably actually sat there and said, "Yeah, I think I, I think I could do this without getting in trouble." Right. And uh, you know, I've put out so many tweets that that or, or not put out tweets because I I read it, I pre-read it, and and read it again, and if I have any doubts, I just don't put it out there, or I edit it in a certain way where I I know it'll slide through without uh, getting me uh, thrown off. Um, It's really strange. I've heard a lot of comics, even years ago, saying that they would pre-censor themselves, and, and if that doesn't take away from a comedian, I don't know what does, you're supposed to fly off the cuff a lot of time, and and testing out material, I know so many comics would go into a club and just bomb Mm -hmm. because they're trying stuff out, and then people would video it and and put it up online and uh, either get them in trouble or say they sucked, and you know what, it's like you're working stuff out, this isn't meant for uh, massive public consumption, it's for a small club. Uh, so that whole thing's been taken away. Uh, th- this, this getting people in trouble thing is, uh, really,
1: yeah, we've jumped the shark, man,
0: taking away from the creativity. Yeah. Yeah. The creativity of, of being able to test things out is just gone.
1: Folks. All I can tell you is that, uh, the rat pack would have been in the stocks in town square. I mean, oh my and- God. Right. <laughs> I mean, that'll show you, well, that's early 60s, so we're talking about 60 years ago, the coolest vibe in the world, and uh, was the Rat Pack. The Rat Pack, mm, I don't even know how it would work. It'd be interesting to see somebody today who... Wouldn't that be an interesting docu or a, a six arc uh, fictionalization of the most famous entertaining and the war- person in the world being completely politically incorrect? Somebody ought to work <laughs> on that. It's like uh, <laughs> yeah. meet John Doe if John Doe was uh, Al Goldstein, something like that. It'd be right. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: people, I don't know what it, what it is, especially like you said, with liberals, the, the definition of liberal over the years has just completely changed. Uh, someone like Al Goldstein or, or, um, even other people like, uh, what's his name from Penthouse magazine, Bob Guccioni, Bob Gucion. Bob yeah. Guccioni, <laughs>
1: even him, the Kr- I mean, the Krugerrand at the pet of the year <laughs> shoot.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, uh, yeah, even him, I mean, they were pretty out there. People, you know, had a hard time with sex and, uh, it seemed misogynistic and but they were given the opportunity to say things and it was the conservatives that were trying to shut them down and now the liberals don't even want you talking they don't want you on their campuses saying anything instead of saying hey let's listen to him and then debate him and show people what an an idiot he is or, or how wrong he is or what have you it's just let's not hear from them and that's the thing that really uh is, is completely yeah. against what liberalism was supposed to be.
1: Well, it's not anymore, man. It is oh. exactly that, and they make Torquemada look like he just signed up for Del Close's improv class. They are so in fucking lockstep. They make the Christmas show of the, what uh, <laughs> are the gals at the, at the Radio oh, City Radio musical. City. <laughs> they make the Rockettes look like a pop and lock act, for God's sakes. <laughs> We're talking to Anthony Cumia. And the Kumiya show with Dave Uh, Landau airs Monday through Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. at CompoundMedia.com. I see you have uh, the the roster. Uh, Compound Media is uh, like sort of it takes a village of 12 shows.
2: yeah, uh, Yeah. In Hot
1: Water, hosted by Aaron Berg, who I had on recently. I guess Christian... Uh, I had such a good time on your show, Christian said, Christian, any of those guys, and Don Jameson was on. Oh, Don's cool. great, yeah, yeah. What's your What's your interview like, or what are you looking for? Do you make that call, or is it just you hear somebody and you hire them?
0: Yeah, it's uh, a, a lot of comics, uh, obviously, uh, but, you know, a lot of people want to come on board, and, uh, you know, just because you have an a Xbox headset and... Um, <laughs> a computer doesn't mean you're a podcaster, you know. It's it's amazing. It's almost like comedians in the '80s. They were they were everywhere. There was nowhere you, you could look and not see a comic in the '80s. And then things just kind of happened, and the cream rose to the top. Uh, there's a lot of headshots and a lot of comedy clubs of people I have no idea who the hell they are. Right. Uh, and, and I think podcasting is kind of going through that same thing. Um, so, you know, we looked for people that were good on mic too. There are great stand-up comics that are terrible on mic uh, as far as a podcast goes. And, uh, you know, there are, there are construction workers that are amazing on podcasts. So, uh, yeah, just, just sitting down and being able to just talk, just talk about anything. I love pop culture. Yeah. I love, like, like you said, movies. Um, thing. We, me and Dave will sit and watch a, 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 an industrial film from the 50s and be able to just tear it up and laugh our asses off. Uh, that's the kind of thing I like, just being able to sit down and, uh, and bullshit about anything.
1: We're talking to uh, Anthony Kumia and once again, it's compoundmedia.com to find the roster. Anthony and Dave Landau show on Monday through Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Well, listen, in a world where the fertile crescent between the Tigris and Euphrates is becoming Yoon, I need catharsis and unbridled fury once in a while. And I don't know about you, Anthony, have you seen the Tyson videos lately of Iron Mike? This is
0: amazing. Like, I, I, I've seen Iron Mike talking and doing other things over the course of the years, but to see him training and swinging like that Man, it's just, it's frightening for the guy holding the pads. It, it, it really is. I, I don't know. I think he's got it. I think he's got what it takes to get back in the ring.
1: Well, I think he's thinking it. And boy, if he does one pay-per-view... Oh. And he gets he gets the right piece of it. And somebody's got to get, you know, I think all those cats who negotiated for him and listen, Mike blew through his money. But I'm saying he also yeah. got screwed. Somebody had to step in and do one gratis. You know, this one's on me and let the guy get out the door with uh, yeah. at least throw yeah,
0: him. You know how many vultures are hanging over him right now for this uh, pay-per-view?
1: No, oh, it's like, uh, they're, listen, they're to dare with adding machines just ready to <laughs> dr- drop into the platform fire and get their piece, man. Uh, we're talking to Anthony Cumia, <laughs> I and uh, I got a great Tyson story for you real quick, Anthony. I was hosting the MTV Awards one night, which will show you how with a different planet we're on now. I hosted oh, yeah. the MTV Awards two years in a row, and I look back on it and I think, Jesus, I... How did I, uh, it's like a Manchurian candidate, I can't believe I got (laughs) in there, but anyway, Noel Gallagher was playing for Oasis, and he threw a beer up in the air at the end of his song, trying to be a bad boy, it hit some kid in the crowd, they cut over to me on the side stage, I'm a little pissed off, because they weren't even tight, and then he does that, and I, you know, so they cut it to me, and I go, ooh, he threw a beer beer. (laughs) And I go backstage. They've got this little walled off shower curtain for me where I stand and watch a monitor in between to ad lib. And they say, do you want anything for the room? I just want some goldfish and some water, Uh, cheddar cheese, goldfish. So naturally they give me a big punch bowl as they often do in production on the cheap things. They, They give you a huge bowl. I go back into my room and Mike Tyson's in there, who I've met before. i go, like, hey, Mike. And uh, then the stage manager comes up and he says, hey, Noel Gallagher's drunk and he's pissed off, and he's looking for you, and uh, I look at Mike, and I go, stay here for a second. (laughs) Anthony, think how cathartic this is. This is like Woody Allen, Annie Hall, where the the guy turns up in the theater line, Marshall McLuhan, and says, you have no idea of my theories. I'm in the room with Mike Tyson. This shower curtain thing opens up. He goes, hey, you look, and I go, Hey, Noel, this is Mike. <laughs> and Tyson's sitting there and he's got this big bowl of goldfish in his uh, arm. And he goes, Hey, Noel, want some goldfish? <laughs> <laughs> Noel Gallagher just harumps, harumps, and moonwalks <laughs> his way out of the room. But I'm thinking, Boy, it doesn't happen that beautifully in life that somebody's looking to kick your ass and you're with <laughs> Mike Tyson. <laughs> Oh man, the perfect uh
0: situation right there. That is the perfect bodyguard. It's like been butch from the little rascals behind you.
1: <laughs> oh when he used to come out, Anthony. Remember when he would come out and uh everybody else would have these gaudy robes <laughs> with like <legs. laughs> Christmas tree lights on him. Tyson would stay at a Ramada and take the green hand towel, or the green and white hand towel and rip it down the middle and just put it over his shoulders for yeah. his robe.
0: Put it over his shoulders and come out there. I don't I can't tell you how many pay-per-views. I got them all. And and you knew if you if the fight was starting, do not leave the room. You this thing could be over in seconds and uh and we loved it and we'd get the next one too didn't matter Yeah, because
1: people watch fights because they're violent it's about time uh, the world get off its hi-hat about us all being in this together oh, and the stop. world never goes awry listen the war it is a goat fuck from the time your feet hit the floor in the morning you could be you could have just got the guy at uh, Best Buy to give you a washer dryer unit half off because it had a ding in it, and a Russian weather satellite falls out of orbit and cleaves you right at the <laughs> sp- w- right in the middle of the transaction, and they don't even give it to your kin down the road. So that's how <gasps> weird the world is, and it's about time I think we, this whole thing about staying in for the rest of time so yeah. nobody ever dies. What it's nuts. We should it's we should crazy. be running to our herd immunity. Yeah, it's uh, I was
0: talking about it yesterday the the fact that every every war we fought or or, you know most of the wars we fought were supposedly to protect our freedoms here in this country when you look at the wars like world war ii uh you know there were men going overseas dying for freedom and and it's the exact opposite of what we're doing now we're Mm -hmm. taking away freedoms to try to save lives Uh, When these other guys years ago were running into gunfire to try to uh, uh, save our freedom uh, thousands of miles
1: away. It's unbelievable, Anthony. We've fallen through the wormhole.
0: Yeah, we've fallen through the wormhole. And I love how the commercials uh, for for companies, they all, how quickly did every single company make the commercial that says they care about us? And you know the somber piano music, and then they care. I saw this one, and it was it, it it was you know you're ready to cry watching it. The nurses with the face masks on, the children at home, uh, learning on the computer, all these shots very um, well done with the with this somber music. And then at the bottom, at the end, it said Frito Lay. <laughs> I'm like, Frito's cares about us? Is that what you're trying to tell me? The Frito Lay company is in the in the
1: long haul yeah, with us and right. has our back. What a load of crap. Everybody. Life has done it. PC Matic. We're all in yeah, this together. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. trying to keep you from uh robbing me and taking you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But yeah. we're in this together. Just call. I'll give you half my info because we're all in this together. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh,
0: it's such garbage
1: garbage all right anthony good to talk to you brother have me on over there telling any of your boys they want to have me on i'd love to come on and uh i appreciate your time today
0: absolutely dennis thanks so much man you're uh you're great and you you're pretty goddamn famous don't tell me you you you're one of those guys <laughs> who could you walk around out there and people are probably constantly coming up to you saying dennis what's up i, I can't imagine you're a very recognizable guy
1: no, I've been wearing I, I've been wearing an N95 mask for the last forty years of my life, so nobody <laughs> knows. <me. laughs>
0: Always on the cutting edge. <laughs> Later, <brother>. talk <laughs> Take it easy, Dennis. Thanks, man.
1: Anthony Cumia's show, the Anthony Cumia with Dave Landau show, airs Monday through Thursday at four p.m. Eastern, one p.m. Pacific, at CompoundMedia.com. Anthony, I could do a show. I could tell we could jam together. Uh, but Landau's a really good, I'm not saying it in that weird way, I'm just saying, that's a guy I feel like I could, uh, I mean, he's no me.
2: He's taking your spot, Christian. Yeah, come on.
1: He's all right. (laughs) I can't even say I didn't mean it that way. No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's why I said
1: it. Uh, Fished in. No, I was in a reverie about Anthony and I, and I forgot, hey, you've got the best guy who ever did it. Get in here. Get in ah, Sammy. here. Sammy. Is this the little man I ruined? Want some kibble? <laughs> Present your chin to me. Upturn your chin. Upturn your chin. Here's some kibble. <laughs> you know, it's fitting that they've got Biden down in the basement now because that's uh, where you usually find major appliances where the pilot light has gone out. <laughs> trying out my jokes for Hannity tonight. Uh, Biden is shaky in the tater-cellar door and an a five-twister. <laughs> if I was Trump, I'd announce that I'm appearing at the L.A. Coliseum on the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> Let them deal with that. Yeah. If a Chinese person said, no, I do eat bat. I love bat. Bat's my favorite food, and I'm telling you, I eat it. Are they a racist? <laughs> <laughs> I think... I don't even think you can get by with If you literally, if you have a bat half out of your mouth, this bat is good. What are you insinuating Chinese like bat? I'm eating the bat. <laughs> but, um, I mean, listen, I've gone through this whole thing with Korean dog jokes, so I know of what I speak. But, uh, you know, Listen. Anybody who's been over there on a Monday knows that they whip up a big old bowl of Jack Russell tartare. (laughs) never have more people who want me dead worry about my health. I've done that before. Is that a valid joke or is that too rough for TV? No, I don't think so. I think uh, you're, you're a civilian.
2: I don't think it's too rough
1: for TV. A charming one, but I'm just saying if you were sitting at home and I said, mm-hmm. there are too, you know what the problem is with this quarantine, Sean, is there are too many people out there who wish me dead who are now worried about my health. Christian, is that the sequencing on that or do you go first with uh, too many people who worry about my health who wish me dead? No, you got to start with Wish Me Dead, right? I think the, uh, the Wish Me Dead is the, is, is the punch. So, yeah, I would definitely put that at the end, yeah. And then you stair-step down from that yeah. to, uh, you know, the problem on Twitter is there are too many people. Uh, you've got, almost got to preface it with some material, don't you, about people uh, shaming you for not adhering to the quarantine. I think you have to lay a little subtext in up front. Do you think you just can't come out of the box with that because people won't quite yeah. make the connection? Don't you wish Fauci had a nicer apartment? Or did I do that a couple of days ago on the show?
2: No, you didn't do that on the show. This was, I saw you tweeted something, but that was yesterday. So that wasn't on the show.
1: Well, I saw—I finally saw Fauci's apartment and it scared me because, you know, he's got medical books on cinder block shelving. And, uh, you know, it's not like you ever saw Jonas <laughs> Salk coming through a. A bead curtain and a bathrobe Get an apartment, <laughs> you're, you're in charge of the world Christ <laughs> almighty Look like the uh, Sin Q's pad In the Simeonese Liberation Army <laughs> He's got a swinging loft Leave him alone man Swinging loft <laughs> It's funny, I might put that in And I'll tug on my ear for you To let you know Oh, I'll cry Sin Q uh, apartment Swinging loft Oh, I've got a great story that I'm reading John Entwistle's, you know, the word, the C word that is so abhorrent here and bespeaks, uh, you know, the, the ultimate slang for women comedy, you know, that doesn't, it's not that in England. You hear it a lot more in England. Yeah. It's very jovial and friendly. Yeah. It's like Pittsburgh Jagoff, you know, over there. So, I'm uh, I'm reading a book about John Entwistle and, uh, it's, it's pretty great. I'm almost finished it. I'm naturally in the grim part at the end, but it's called the Ox. And uh, he was a really adept bass player. Some say the most adept because he wanted to play lead, but we had Townsend and he collected over 250 classic guitars. I mean, his collection's worth over a million. But early on, he just, uh, and he was broke then. He had to take one of his guitars and take two strings off it and tune it as a, a you know, a bass. That's how broke they were at the beginning. So anyway, a guitarist, but famous as one of the best bass players. And uh, maybe the best, some thought, in rock and roll. So McCartney, another person who, well, Paul McCartney's the biggest genius in the history of rock and roll, right? I guess maybe Paul might say Little Richard who just passed, but let's face facts. Who thinks plays like that, sings like that, looks like that, has the songwriting ability. I mean, it's just unbelievable that somebody's blessed with that many gifts. So he plays that violin bass or whatever they called it. You know, you can see it in your mind's eye, right? It's not the big beast of a bass. It's the little, uh, it looks more like a a fiddle bass or something. And they're in a studio together on some sort of goofy project and they're going, it's not quite, you know, Ronnie Cox and, uh, and Biden on the porch in deliverance, but you know, they're going back and forth, uh, doing a jam, and uh, then he throws it to McCartney, he plays, throws it back to whistle just goes off with a you know, like all over the place, every skill, twanging it tight, uh, and looks back at Paul. Paul sets his bass down and looks at him, and he says, Flash cunt, and he walks out of the room. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Is that not the greatest name for a band? Did... Now, folks, yes. I don't want everybody out there, oh my God, it it doesn't mean that over there. You're not uh, yeah. using it in that way. It's a word they use idiot, jerk off, you know, jag off, you twit. Um, But it just, hey, Uh-oh. show business. It's the C team. As soon as you say it, I somebody calls. Yeah, hello. Hi, who's this? Are you at the gate? Okay, let me punch in here. I'm doing a podcast, Dennis Miller option. Oh, he plugged it. Yeah, he's plugging the show to people who randomly show up at his house. Some sort of delivery. I love it. I'm so proud. See, my life's just like yours. I know I'm an international superstar. (laughs) But I I let people in the gate. Yeah.
2: I love that you plugged the show to that person. Yeah,
1: that person needs to know. I'm proud. Always be closing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an exciting life, sure, but uh, just kind of like you—not really a little amplified. I love deliveries. I love only deliveries. I love deliveries. All right. I got to go prepare for Hannity, which is around seven hours now. I like to get in the, I have a uh, solar spa and I get in. Yeah. And it's sort of like third level down in Andromeda strain purification. I just pumice off all my hair and then pass a knotted cloth through my colon in preparation to ent- enter- my entering into the the Hannity den. And then I actually write some jokes a few minutes before. But I'm coming out of the box, Christian, with uh, Batloaf tonight. Do you like it? Can't wait. Let me rehearse it again. Hey, Sean, very excited. Wednesday at the Miller household, of course, is uh, dinner is Batloaf night. I've got to get dinner in there because yeah. Batloaf might lose them. So uh, very excited, Sean. When I leave here, I'm having dinner. And as you know, Wednesday, you got to say it like that, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good setup. i got to get dinner in there because if you don't get them to, you can lead a horse to batloaf. loaf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Wednesday night is a uh, bat loaf night in the Miller household. And Sean, can I give you a little secret? I make my bat loaf the day before, and then here's the key. I store it upside down overnight in my fridge, And mm, that is good bat eating. <laughs> <laughs> um now what what creatures are bats uh what what genus and are they Because instead
0: question. of
1: that's good bat eating there maybe maybe you slip in another word uh that's good i'm looking yeah see what homo oh i'm not i'm sorry i didn't mean to say homo I, I know yeah, somebody really certain should. they're, they're uh, okay. mammals Chiroptera. Ky- Ky- yeah. And I saw those two words Lin- and the one oh, I said was metal. Get Lindsay on her left side and put that Popsicle stick between help, her help. tongue. Well, I'd use my belt, but I'm saving it for later like we were discussing. Yeah, baby. Hey, look, there's an old episode of The Fall Guy on. Donna Dixon. Okay. I think I'm going to go to my clothes closet and get a belt around my neck. Really? Really, why don't you just watch something? No, no, um, I told you my grandma seizure story. I don't know. I must have told you that i'm I'm going on today. they people deserve more than you've been giving them Christian. Christian cuts me off at forty five minutes each week. folks. I try, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd turn this into a complete s seminar. you know, strap the flask on your hip, pee into it. We're here all weekend, but Christian, I got to go. I'm going to pick up the kids. Kids are like in grad school already. Uh, you know, kids four.
2: Kumia would let you do segments as long as you wanted.
1: Because <laughs> he'd be a better co-host. I get it.
2: I was just kidding.
1: I, listen, I feel so bad about that because it came out and I didn't even realize what I was saying. I know you're so sure of your position, Christian. Well, what are we on, our 34th year together? <laughs> Let's see uh, Sixteen Sixteen glorious years I remember Marty and Chris Used to always Chris Gus and Marty Short you up dinner with them And uh, they would always lapse Into two old Borscht belt comedians And, and Marty would say uh, We've been together Thirty-two years Except for that minor breakup And Chris would go The wives <laughs> 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 The wives <laughs> Anyway, um, I was working at a TV station. I'll, may, I'll do it quick because I know Christian's heard this, but Lindsay maybe has. And uh, I'm warming up the audience for an afternoon talk show. And sometimes the crowds are really small. It was like people from an old folks home or, you know, something, a uh, soup kitchen. And uh, I'd go out and warm the crowd up. And one day it was snowing and only eight people showed up. It was like a freezing rain. I do not even know how the eight old ladies got there. But I've been in the middle of my want model. Like, hey, folks, John and Patrice will be out in the same room. You can give him a big cologne, you know, and all that stuff. And a woman comes up to me, and she says, I'm a diabetic, or I'm epileptic. I'm about to have a grand mal seizure. I need you to get me outside and put me on my left side, I think it was. And I said, wow. you know, I had the nervous laughter at first, but then she was old. I thought, she thought, this isn't Ashton Kutcher punk. She's having problems here, so I get her outside. And I put her on her left side, and she's, make sure I don't swallow. And then she turns into, you know, molary Cheese. Uh, all of a sudden, she's scooting around on her shoulder blade. My friend Michael Herzmark, who runs camera in the news department, comes up to the coffee machine that's located right there. He knows I warm the crowd up. And he comes up, and matter of factly, as he's putting his money in, he looks over at me, and he goes, whoa, you're hot today. That guy's <laughs> like making her laugh that hard.
2: <laughs>
1: That's my My petite, my little bit of a grandma story. A petite grandma story. <laughs> um, all right, I got Hannity uh, mo- last night. Give hey, it a last watch night. if you get yeah. back in time. Anything else before we split up, Christian? Uh, we've always been playing so many nice emails. Is there anything derogatory or excoriative?
2: Uh, Lindsay, is there anybody who, uh, who hates the show? Yeah, you should play Corby's because it's mean to start because he thinks we did something wrong and then he realizes he's actually the one who messed up.
1: His name's Corby? What
2: yeah, it you know Corby. Oh, right. He's a regular.
1: Oh, and I think every time I'm bowled over, that is, is it like Corbin? Like Corbin Benson?
2: I would assume that's what it's short for, yeah.
1: It seems like such a cool name and you must have been named by parents who had a pretty cool aesthetic. Or at least wanted you to be debonair in your name, you know, for your parents to say you're Corbin. For you to immediately, upon puberty, get the name Corby, they must have been devastated. (laughs) Hey, Corby's here, everybody. Hey, Corby, your flies down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the least we can do is play Corby, voicemail number 10.
1: I love you guys. I am concerned, though, because I think maybe. This whole social distancing thing is making you lazy. I go to listen to the new show, and I find out you only did one show this week. I love you guys. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're the best. Dennis is brilliant. But I need two episodes a week. Bottom line. Thanks, guys. Love you.
0: Boy, do I feel silly. I'm sorry for that last message.
1: You guys are doing an excellent job. I don't know what day of the week it is. I just realized that Aaron Berg was on Tuesday. John Lovitz was on Thursday. I'm sorry about that. You guys are doing wonderful. I love you. Have a good week. No problem, Corby. (laughs) (laughs) We'll forgive you. (laughs) Yeah. He's mad at us because he can't read a calendar. Thanks for listening. Little as Corby knows, we have eight subscribers. (laughs) <laughs> and, and his dual personality track makes him two of them you're 125 of the listenership you've got leverage here Corby oh. <laughs> no uh, thank you very much um, it's so funny when I uh, when it, Lindsay you sent me another thing the other day that showed the dissolving listenership and you put such a nice spit on it that's not
2: true though <laughs>
1: Oh what, what could we do to get more people to listen to this?
2: Oh, because the people
1: who listen to it, I think, really dig it.
2: Yeah, I agree. No, I think what's more important is that we just keep doing what we're doing because I think it's working.
1: What are you, the Coxswain and a junior college <laughs> scholar? <laughs> so Jesus Christ. Give me some respect. Uh, hey, here's a little tip on the way out the door. I was playing Scrabble with my family the other day and I got first thing. And I start. I didn't have much, oddly enough, right off the bat. You know, usually you get first thing and you get to start on the pink centerpiece that's a double word score, I think. Sure, yeah. And I had to put J U T down and I had to start with J. And just a little fun fact is if you start with J, you you're not going to break out the whole other side of the board, like up in that quadrant. Cause you then have to, somebody has to find a word that ends in J somewhere. Uh... It was so fun to watch in a way it was unique. I felt like Boris Spassky in Reykjavik, but the entire game was sort of played down in the lower right hand corner from around three o'clock to six o'clock in there. Yeah. And then somebody busted it up at their own peril. Trust me, they paid for it up top. And then we were using from 12 to 6. But it was tough to start anything on that side of the board over there. I think we got a couple of words at the end. So uh, you should think about whatever you put on that dot in the beginning. Uh, if it's eight points or more, you're kind of uh, shutting down the uh, terra firma that you can play on. There. How boring was that?
0: Wow. Fascinating. <laughs>
1: Oh, 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 Lindsay. So when Lindsay Lindsay?
2: says, keep doing what we're doing, she means that. Make sure we tell that story every episode.
1: (laughs) All right, sir, I got it. See you next time on the Dennis Miller Option.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here.
1: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.